Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Hey, everybody. Mark and Steve with you here today. So Steve and I were talking a little bit before starting the podcast, and we were laughing with each other uh, because we've we've joked over the, the weeks and months that we're really trying to pare this down to get it under a half hour. And the hilarious thing about that is our, our discussion today uh, is about boundaries. And yeah. So we started laughing. We go, yeah, we're real good at keeping boundaries. How about the yeah. half hour podcast boundary? It's definitely a case of uh, do as we say, not as we do. <laughs> yeah, sure. Exactly. So for we're sure. really gonna we're really gonna try for that today. Uh, and again, it seems kind of ironic that we're talking about boundaries. But so the the title that you can see is it's kind of hey we're 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 doing really well, and so we can let up on our boundaries, right? Uh, and we just want to talk about some of the nuances of boundaries, some of the little subtleties. Uh, on the opposite end, by the way, some people might say, well, you know, things, things are going so lousy. Why bother with boundaries at all? So this title could be things are going well, we can let up on boundaries or things are going really crappy. So boundaries don't work. So we might as well just jettison those. So you could kind of go either way, Mm -hmm. but we want to, yeah, let's talk about some of the finer points of boundaries and, uh, help you to to navigate those perhaps uh, you know more effectively than you might be experiencing right now. So let's just launch into it. Uh, you said something really interesting, Steve. As we were talking, you said boundaries are like sandcastles. Yeah, and I I actually I love that analogy. But say you know say more about that. Well, I I uh, that's kind of the example I tend to use with clients, just because I. When I when I look at boundaries, the thing about them, and I'm glad we're talking about them again today. We we did a pretty in depth episode on this a couple months back, but 
Um, but there are, there are a lot of nuances to boundaries. And one of the things that we're addressing today is how do you keep your boundaries maintained? Because by nature, they, they, in my experience, very much are kind of like a sandcastle. You know, you build, you build a sandcastle on the beach and, you know, you make it all nice and pretty, you put in all this effort and then, you know, you leave that day and the tide slowly comes in, is there for however long and then goes back out. Well, if that happens after one day, depending on where you're at, a lot of that sandcastle can still be there the next day, you know, if you show up at the beach. Um, But over the course of days, you know, by day three, four, and five, you might not have much more going on there than just kind of a lump in the sand, right? And a week out, you probably wouldn't even be able to tell that anything was ever even there. (laughs) Um, Well, and I love the sandcastle analogy because as as I look back at my recovery, you know, when my wife basically kind of drew the line in the sand, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember the time when she looked at me after she was so worn down and just said, I just don't think I, uh, I love you the, in this state that you're in. I need a, I need a man, not a boy. Mm-hmm. And I remember that night and I can tell you, I was really motivated to start talking about boundaries and start adhering to them because my marriage was, was on the rocks, right? Yeah. Kind of like the sandcastle. Think of when you first get to the beach you, everybody runs out to the water, right? You're all excited. And we start building this incredible sandcastle and everyone's participating in it and they're motivated and, you know, put in hours and hours and hours on this sandcastle. Yeah. And initially, you know, that's awesome. It's great. Kind of like boundaries. But then yeah. over time, you've been at the beach for a week now. Okay. Yeah. Sandcastle, you know, no big <laughs> deal. <laughs> Do we want to keep patching this thing up and the waves just keep coming in and kind of washing it away? You just sort of abandon it. <laughs> well, and yeah, to kind of go off what you're saying, I mean, that, that really is sort of true, right? Oftentimes in recovery, as things move along, as positive progress happens, it's easy to let go of some of the basics. It is. Right? It's easy to let, you know, when you start finding other activities to do on the beach, so to speak, it's mm. easy to, you know, look back at the sandcastle and be like, well, why do we need that anymore? You know, like, what's the need for that? I think all of us who've been in recovery for, you know, minimum of six months, but definitely those of us who've been doing this for, for a year plus, um, Mark and I are much further along in it than that, obviously, but there's, uh, there is that real pull um, to, to kind of almost without realizing it, start, start to look at things like boundaries kind of as that. Well, we needed those back then. I mean, because things were bad, you know, things were really rough. Like, I mean, you know, we were on the rocks and, you know, they, they were great. Um, but, but yeah, they kind of start to get neglected as we start to move on to other things. And if you let boundaries erode too much, I mean, in many ways, boundaries are one of the the primary kind of foundational elements of good recovery and like other elements of recovery. If, if you let key pieces of it go or become too decayed or, or worn down, the rest of the building starts to, starts to crumble. Yeah. And you start running into all sorts of problems, some of which we're going to talk about them today. And some of them are probably more obvious, but there are others that are a lot more subtle that you, you guys, you all who have been in, in recovery for some time are going to probably be able to resonate a bit with. Yeah. Let's, I mean, let's launch into that. So what are some of, some of the subtle ruts or the subtle erosions or little stuff that just creeps in over time with regard to our boundaries? I think a big part of that, the first thing that comes to mind for me is that uh, it's the way in which we go about evolving boundaries. That's one of the things that really gets in the way or causes a potential problem. Um, boundaries should, in many, in most cases, there are some that, that don't, um, but in many cases, boundaries can and ought to evolve, both in individual recovery, 
as well as in a marriage. Um, again, there are some baseline ones that will never be okay, right? Pornography, infidelity, acting out, betrayal, uh, you know, a host of other things. Those will never be okay. Those boundaries should never change. Yeah, Those screaming, be. swearing, yelling, you know. Yeah, that stuff also, always stays the same, right? But then you get these more subtle elements where, I'll give you an example. So I, some time ago, I was meeting with a wife and, um, you know, she was, she found herself kind of in this difficult spot of what to do in, with her boundaries in a particular place. When we first started working together, she set a boundary with her husband that more or less said, you know, I, I just know myself and I know that I'm not comfortable being sexual for at least 72 hours after a relapse. I feel hurt. I feel betrayed. I feel so disconnected. Like it's just, it's never going to be authentic for me prior to that which at the time was a great boundary. Well, we'd been working together for some time. They'd been making a lot of good progress, which is always nice to see. Um, and I think it was like nine or 10 months into sobriety, he had a slip. And she came to me kind of in a dilemma, um, feeling kind of a mix of guilt and a mix of shame and a mix of kind of just like, I'm not sure what to do here, some fear. Because she said, you know, I've got this boundary with, that I set with my husband, right? No, no, uh, no, no sex for 72 hours after a slip or a relapse. She said, but if I'm being real honest, like we've been making a lot of progress, you know, we've been feeling more safe. Um, I've been feeling a lot more trust with him and our relationship's gotten a lot deeper. Um, he was really good after this last slip. You know, we've processed it well. She said, if I'm being really honest, like I'd like to, I'd like to connect with him physically like today. And I'm, but, but I have this boundary and I don't want to walk back on my boundaries because those are the things that have always kept us safe. Right. Yep. Yep. And so, and, and I think, in, in, again, many of you can probably relate to this. This is where you have to be really careful. And if you don't pull anything else from this podcast today, the question that you always want to be asking with boundaries and the evolution of them is you should be asking yourself, you know, when it comes to these, are, are my boundaries serving me or am I, am I becoming a servant to the boundaries? Because boundaries should always be physical or foundational or, you know, clearly defined lines that are designed to protect the authenticity of whatever they're set around. And it, you can you do get to the point in recovery with various things where um, if you're not careful and if the boundaries are too rigid and there's not a space for them to evolve, you can find yourself in a situation like, like this or, or others like it where, you know, you're kind of coming up against and you're saying, yeah, this thing really served and worked for us before, but I'm kind of wondering if maybe this is going to hold us back now. Yeah. And the big, you know, the really important factor about what you're saying is this is what we're describing right now is a, is a very mature part of recovery, a, a very mature part of healing a relationship. Because if one of us, and, and I can think of myself in the addict role, if, if my wife uh, early on had started to try to have that discussion with me, about the evolving of boundaries, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have taken big time advantage of it, even even pro- possibly subconsciously. Sure. So you have to step back and say, okay, and, you know, and and this is this is where you start to see that the different things that Steve and I talk about are really interrelated. Yeah. So, for example, if we've been doing a good daily emotional check in. If I've been honest in my recovery with my wife each night about what I've been feeling today, what, you know, what character defects, or as I call them, survival brain tendencies have been present with me, and can I be open and raw and honest about exactly what I'm feeling, uh, little slips I had, little things that are going on. If I'm doing that on a daily basis, then that's helping to keep me into a place of emotional honesty, 
being mature in my recovery and therefore I'm probably not going to be trying to manipulate eroding away these boundaries. I'm, I'm going to be in a good self-aware place. And that's why the, the daily doing of recovery, like emotional check-ins, is so closely tied to this discussion. You can't engage in these, these advanced nuances of boundaries if you're not doing the other things. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, having this kind of a discussion in a marriage is, is very, it takes a high degree of trust, right? The relationship's got to be at a certain point and doing, doing, you know, be at a certain standing in order for this to even, even be a possibility or to work. And if you don't have that standing, yeah, I, I can relate to what Mark's saying. I, I'd be lying to you if I didn't say that, you know, if, if early on in recovery, my wife had been like, you know, maybe we should evolve some of the boundaries. I would have just been like, say what? Evolve, <laughs> evolve the boundaries? You mean like like let we, oh yeah we should evolve the crap out of these boundaries let's let's evolve these things right now yeah. you know and and uh, at looking back obviously there was more selfishness there than actually wanting to change it but in it for a healthy reason but um, you do want to be looking for for and on the lookout for and Mark Mark pointed this out very well check ins and frequent emotional discussion and and a, a frequent uh, revisiting of boundaries is one of the best ways to keep a a beat on whether these are changing or not, because you do have to be very aware of, are these boundaries, are we allowing them to decay or are we choosing for them to evolve? And there's a big difference between those two. And then, and, and the, the big, the most important thing about what you just said, the difference between those two things is the mindset, the attitude, the, the, the place that I'm, I'm coming at that with. So if I'm an addict Mm -hmm. in recovery how do I see boundaries? Do I still see boundaries as, as big giant restrictions of all the things I can't do, I can't have? Or have I, have I evolved in my approach to recovery as, wow, boundaries are actually one of my most valuable allies. Because yeah. as we've talked before, it's, it's the love map. It's my spouse showing me what I can do in order, one, to get closer to her or, or to him. Yeah. And also an outside perspective of someone that's very close to me and cares about me to help me to see the kinds of things that I need in order to develop my self-discipline, to develop my sense of awareness, to develop my, you know, leaving narcissistic tendencies and enter, entering more into the place of empathy and, and giving and serving. I need mm-hmm. help with that. Boundaries yeah. are my friend. Boundaries, like, like I look forward to boundaries. And I, my wife and I have boundaries today. Yes. And I, I actually, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I love boundaries mm-hmm. because they, they help me to, to continue to grow and progress in ways that I probably wouldn't do on my own all the time. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So here are these yeah, boundaries yeah. to kind of step in. That's a, totally. that's an awesome thing. Absolutely. Well, and, and, and yeah, it does require to, your, yourself to be kind of at a certain place in the recovery process. Right. Um, going back to my, my spouse example, um, if they had tried to work on on changing the 72-hour boundary around sex early on, I can tell you that this husband, like like many of the guys that we work with, no offense to you guys, but Mark and I were like this too, you know, we we were pretty sexually needy, right? And we tended yes. to be kind of petty or mopey or, you know, Eeyore-ish almost, you know, <laughs> around, you know, if we didn't get sex, if we didn't get our quote-unquote fix or we didn't get, you know, if we weren't physically loved every so often, then 
you know, we would kind of go to pieces trying to have that sort of a discussion when sex is a need. In other words, as a couple, you can't really do. And that's why boundaries are so firm at the beginning, right? Because couples oftentimes get in, in a place where, you know, both of you know how to push each other's buttons in different ways, better than anybody else. And it can be really easy for a husband or a wife. If you don't have boundaries, very rigid at the beginning to get off the rails really quick, her jumping into rescuing or doing something inauthentic and kind of the list goes on. But when you're further along in recovery, when a guy has reduced his quote unquote need on sex and has moved more into a space of, I desire to be sexual with my partner, but I'm able to emotionally regulate and live without that. I'm not using it as a numbing agent. And as she has developed a high enough trust in him where she's, she's able to actually have dialogue with him around this area without feeling like she's being manipulated or gaslit or, or anything. Well, what was once completely off the table for discussion for very good reasons at some point ought to be brought back onto the table, right? Yeah. It ought to be something that is actually addressed where it's, you know, we're, we're in a good place. We've both been doing lots of good work. You know, we wouldn't have ever talked about this, just the two of us before, but I'd like to sit down and let's, let's kind of revisit this and, you know, how are we doing? And are these, you know, is this 72 hour rule serving us? Do we need to maybe change it? Cause we don't want to get boxed in by it. You know, all that stuff. Hey everybody, Mark and Steve here. Are you looking to take your recovery and your marriage to the next level? We work with individuals and couples one-on-one. With both in-person and online therapy options, you have access to the experts anytime, anywhere. To learn more, visit us at pbscpodcast.com. The thing that allows us to get to that evolved place where we can start to talk about maybe adjusting our boundaries is the fact that we had the strict, firm boundaries in the beginning and we adhered to them. Uh And I'll tell you guys listening why that's true. So for me, the reason that that was important is that I needed, we needed to have a boundary so that when my old addict brain was kicking in and I was having a a difficult day. I was stressed. I was bored. I was worried. I was whatever. I had an argument with my wife. What does my addict brain want to do? It wants to immediately run to its favorite outlet for self-soothing and escape and avoidance, which is sex. Mm -hmm. But guess what? We have a boundary that says that that's not going to, that is not going to take place for that reason. So now what is it, what does it kind of force me or, or open the door for me to do? to go and learn other ways of coping, other ways of meeting those emotional needs that I'm feeling. So the boundary is what actually gives me the protection in order to grow and evolve the way I need to. So when you look at it that way, it's like, whoa, whoa, wait, boundaries aren't restrictive in prisons. Boundaries actually lead to freedom. Yeah. Because I can develop and grow in ways that I wouldn't have had the boundaries not been there. So that's the cool part is we can have that discussion one day because we've been keeping those initial firm boundaries and we can say, you know what? I have learned how to not be needy with the sex. I am turning to other healthy outlets. And in the case with your client, you know, sweetheart, I had a little slip and uh, here's what I've assessed through it. Here's what I realize. Um, I'm sharing it with you openly. Uh, Here's how I'm addressing it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'm already on the track of, of making adjustments. And I feel like in where I've come in my recovery that one of the things that would really be helpful for me is, is our really uh, intimate connection. Yeah. That would, really, that would really be a really healthy part of me moving through this process. Yeah. But you can't have that discussion if you didn't start out with those first rudimentary, strong, you know, foundational boundaries. You can't get there. Absolutely. Well, and to kind of follow up on that story to demonstrate our next point of kind of what happened was, is we sat down and we talked about it and, you know, me and this wife about, you know, what should we do? And our discussion eventually kind of evolved uh, very much into what Mark is describing, right? We talked about, okay, it sounds like there's probably a need to maybe revisit this boundary. But I do, and, and this is me talking to this wife, but I do hear and I agree with the fear that uh, you don't want to be sending a trend, setting a trend, right, in changing this on the fly, Absolutely. like right now for the situation. Nope. Right in the situation is not the time to change boundaries. No. Boundary evolution should happen in the clear light of day when they're not being pushed up against. Um, if boundaries are being pushed up or brushed against, and we're making exceptions, uh, very rarely do I see that go well. Um, inevitably, you're setting a negative, negative precedent and, and, and you're going to be doing it for the wrong reasons and all that stuff. So what we talked about, uh, this client and I, is we, we, we said, well, let's, why, don't, why don't we go ahead and why don't you go ahead and you hold off on, on the physicality today and, and make sure, you know, kind of check yourself, make sure this just happened in the last 24 hours. Make sure that's really feeling authentic for you, that you want to be physical with him. And in the meantime, let's give you some homework. Let's give you some stuff to work on uh, and some things to, to bring up with him so that you guys can have a discussion, right, in the next day or two days and, and, and really get open and honest about, hey, are these working? Here are my feelings about it. What do you think about it? So that way you guys can open that door uh, to being sexual sooner in the future on, on, in a boundaried way, in a way that is, you know, kind of clear in the light of day, we're all agreeing to it. We're collaborating, right? It comes back to that, that level of intimacy that we talk about so often where we're collaborating rather than, than giving on a boundary or giving into something. We're sitting down and we're saying, Hey, we've made progress. What's going to help us next best progress. Yeah. Let's make, let's make that change. Let's, let's take a look at that. Let's, let's shift that. So and that's why having those daily emotional check-ins and daily openness and, and, and engaging in that dialogue gets you to the place where you now have the skills yes. through consistent daily practice to have the discussion you're describing. Yep. Because if absolutely. I had tried to have that discussion early in my recovery, uh, <laughs> I can tell you it wouldn't have gone well. No. For but a lot now, of today, if we, have to, if we start to have a, a evolving a boundary discussion, my wife and I, if I feel myself in that discussion starting to resist, if I feel myself starting to get resentful or defensive or argumentative or whatever it is, mm-hmm. guess what I know? It isn't the time to evolve that boundary. It's yes. Like, Wait a second. Absolutely. Okay, I can, I can see what's going on with me. You know what, sweetheart? Let's keep that boundary because I have more to learn. I have more. I, I need to do some more evolving. But that's yes. a really mature approach. And I, could, I can't do that if we haven't been having that kind of dialogue all along. Absolutely. No, I, and I love that. And, and that's maybe a new way to put that. And what you're, what you're saying, this is kind of what comes to mind. The time to, you know, boundaries should, should evolve or change based on the overall situation, not on any one individual event. Yes. Right? 
they ought to be they ought to be an examination and a, and a change based on a variety of trends, right? Yes. Um, it shouldn't just be about sobriety. It shouldn't be just about we haven't fought in six months. It shouldn't just be about X. You know, you have to be able to have that discussion, like you're saying, about the relationship as a global whole and look at kind of the overall health of this thing and say, okay, why, you know, how, what, what, how healthy is this thing? You know, are we in a place to do something different? And I think that uh, kind of, you know, there's not to shift gears too much, but it should be noted that what we're talking about here is just as applicable to individual boundaries as it is to coupleship boundaries. Great point. Great because, point. I because mean, they do, right? They yeah. should evolve in recovery. And think about, you know, the dialogue we're talking about having with your, with your husband or, or wife you're, is the same kind of dialogue that you can have with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, people think, well, yeah, you're, you're talking to yourself. That kind of sounds crazy. But, <laughs> you know, we do it all the time, you know, because yeah. we talk about that there's the, the ego brain or the addict brain. And then there's the higher, the highest self. And yes, yeah. you can step back and have a discussion with that part of you. Hey, well, and what's the, what's the requirement for that, Mark? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, what's the requirement for being? We're going to put Mark on the spot. What's the requirement for for being able to have that discussion with yourself? What's the requirement? Starts I'd... with an M. Ends with mindfulness. Oh, mindfulness. <laughs> yes, mindfulness. <laughs> right. That uh, enable in order to have the. <laughs> I'm giving more time. In order to, in order to, have, there's about 20 ways you could term that. But uh, in with, uh, you know, when it comes to our clients, as we have said multiple, multiple times on this podcast, before a check-in uh, with a spouse, before you change anything with boundaries, before you pick a, re- a direction for recovery, before you do any of those things, every day you ought to be journaling yes you ought to be you by the time by by the time it becomes time to look at my own personal boundaries and recovery and look at evolving them from you know the beginning of recovery to whatever point i'm at i should have already had that discussion in subtle ways with myself like a hundred plus times exactly right i should already be in tune with that and this is where we start to again say now you begin to see how recovery is integrated how the yeah. healing process is integrated. The little things that we recommend you do each day have a purpose. You don't just journal, you know, to go through the motions to journal. It's part of what helps with this mindfulness and getting me in touch with my, with my true deep issues and myself. So that by the time I get into that discussion with my spouse, I've already worked through it. Yeah. I pretty much know whether I'm ready to begin to evolve this boundary or not. It's not like I'm going to talk to my spouse and try to argue for my point or, manipulate myself into the boundaries changing hopefully because of my mindfulness and my self-honesty and self-introspection i kind of know i you know i really do think maybe it might be time to go ahead and evolve this what do you think sweetheart i you know i've i processed through this a lot absolutely well in all these things that we've talked about kind of putting another shade on this is you know what this all boils down to a husband and wife being in this place means that they have really worked hard to minimize codependency within their relationship to a humongous degree, right? If I've got, um, if I'm in a place where I'm checking in with myself and I'm able to be emotionally authentic and honest as, as an addict and my partner is able to do the same thing, if she's able to show up and have a discussion without falling into old habits like rescuing, right? Yep. If she's got a good handle and grip on her betrayal trauma and how that works and, and how to mitigate that when, when the trauma response comes up, if I, as, if I have an addict, as an addict, if I've taken the time 
and, and put in the effort to reduce my codependency on sex or my dependency on sex. Now we're able to, that's what empowers us to have that emotionally authentic discussion, right? We're able to revisit that bound, that uh, boundary, like around sex, for example, in a healthy way, because if we tried to do it before, it would have been from the perspective of, for example, a wife feeling pressure, right? To give her, her husband sex in some sort of way to satisfy him or because it's too hard to hold that or whatever. So she would have been feeling that pull and he would have been feeling the pull towards sex because he still needs it. Yes. It hasn't yet become an optional facet of, of his marriage, something that can bless and enhance it. It's still a baseline requirement to be remotely happy. Yes. And, but when you get to that point where you've reduced that, what you're talking about is what you're really saying to each other is, you know what? I think we've brought down the level of codependency in this relationship enough to where we can actually be our, our true selves and pick a non-codependent direction for this particular topic. Yep. Love it. And being guided by that in the past. And the thing to know for all of you listening, you know, this doesn't happen overnight. Nope. Steve and I have been working on it for years. And I guess you could say decade, decade or decades at this point. Yes. Yes, you can. And it's a process. And so be patient, have some self-compassion and some compassion for your partner and know that you're probably going to stumble and fall along the way. And if you find that you're reverting back to old habits, just take a step back. Uh, put, you know, if you need to put some boundaries back in place, if you need to build up that little sandcastle because the waves that have eroded it, you know, you, you, you look at those things and just say, okay, we're not ready yet. Let's, yeah. let's take a step back and let's work on it for a while. And then let's see where it goes and try again. And that kind of brings us to our assignment, uh, you know, for, for couples out there is Maybe take take an opportunity to to get together and do a really honest, open, what I would call boundary assessment. Mm, right? Where yeah. are we? Where how 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 are our boundaries doing? Uh, how do yeah. we feel about them? Have we have we been adhering to them? Have we been you know eroding them away or taking little exceptions and chipping away at them or you know and and have a really open, honest discussion about where you're at with that and what what needs to happen going forward? Do we need to Kind of get back to some, some of those and be a little, be a little more um, clear and disciplined with them. Is it time to maybe make a, f- a few adjustments to do some, some evolution? Yeah. So that boundary assessment discussion can, is, can be a really, a really great place to, to start this process. Absolutely. Well, and as with all things that we talk about, right, the, good, the awesome part about doing recovery the right way, the thorough way, is that these skills that you use or, or that you learn about this area of your marriage, the recovery process and everything tied to it, they play out and bless every other area of the relationship over time. Because these same tools, for example, are the same tools that a coupleship can be using when they're making decisions about having children, right? It's the same kind of a thing, right? people's attitudes, aptitudes change over time, you know, and being able to have discussions about difficult topics that we don't always discuss and being able to look at them from a lens of, you know, not just how do I get my needs met, but how do I, how do we do what's best for this relationship? Yeah, You know, how do we come together and do that for, so that it's not my ego running the show or my fear or my pride or whatever the case may be. Um, hugely, hugely beneficial to all of those yep, things. For so the whole relationship. Hey, we are going to end this thing under a half hour. I'm not kidding. 
28 minutes and 59 seconds. We have held a boundary today. So we're trying to model the behavior. I wish I had like celebratory music to play in the background. Okay, we're going to sign off before before we violate the boundary. Absolutely. Have a great week, everybody. See everybody next week. That's all for today. Thanks for joining us. And remember, the opposite of addiction isn't sobriety. It's connection. Together, we can do the impossible. To learn more about Mark and Steve and to listen to more podcast episodes, visit us at pbscpodcast.com. Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.